Next on BYU Sports Nation, Super Bowl champion and BYU linebacker alum Brady Papinga makes his BYUSN debut, and he's calling dudes out. Who will emerge among this year's linebackers, and what role will Bronson Kafusi play this season? Plus, Jim McMahon still winning. More preseason college football watch lists, and will Tyler Haas ever miss a three-pointer this summer? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station back and live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, Tuesday, July 14th, wherever, however, you are dialed in. However! Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with, he's back, Weeblow's Day Camp MVP, Jerem Jordan. We shot BB guns and arrows and stuff. Tied some knots. It was amazing. Listen, Dennis Pitta called you out yesterday. What? Wait, what happened? For opting at Weeblos Camp over BYU Sports Nation. He questioned your loyalty to it's, the show, Jerem. It was July 13th, people. Sorry, was it September 5th that I missed? What did I miss? What did I miss? Dennis Pitta calling you out for lack of loyalty. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis can do whatever he wants. Dennis can go home and count his millions of dollars because he signed a $32 million contract. That he did. Oh, he did tell us that he He doesn't upgra- need BYU Sports Nation. He did tell us that he's upgraded from an iPhone, a cracked iPhone 4 to an iPhone 6 Plus. That's good because we, he came in here. He's literally a millionaire, and he comes in here with a cracked iPhone screen. I barely tolerate that. Oh, Dennis that was, Pitta. That was funny. I, I love Dennis Pitta. I think he's fantastic. His his personality equals his football abilities. And to no one's really surprise. Good. He's ne- he needs to get healthy because we need guys in the league. He's the best skill position player, non-quarterback, maybe that we've ever put in the league. Well, and to no one's surprise, he is optimistic because that's who he is by nature. And he said that yesterday that he is very hopeful to get back on the NFL field this season. So all joking aside, we, we want no, I wanna, so much I for, joke some more. for Dennis to get on the field. Why? Yes. Why, why did Dennis... Why did Dennis have to say that when I was gone? Why can't he say it to my face oh, when I'm on the say, show? I think he'll say it to your face. <laughs> I, don't, I don't doubt that. What's funny is you were interviewing him on Media Day that afternoon, and I just snuck in the back because I wanted to grab you and like play Tecmo Super Bowl or something. Because what are you doing working? Let's go play Tecmo exactly. Super Bowl. And Dennis didn't know I was in the room, and you asked him about BYU Sports Nation. And he mentioned, yeah, I could replace Jerem, right? And I said... Hey! In the room, and he's like, oh, I didn't know you were in here, man. Well, he's now more public with it, that's for sure. So at this point, yeah, I don't think yeah. he's afraid to call it's, you out in it's, person. It's crystallized into a, mm-hmm. a thing. Here are today's <laughs> BYU Sports Nation headlines. A trio of BYU football players, T. John Karoma, Bronson Kafusi, and Manoa Pakula, named to the Lombardi Award watch list, given each year to the nation's top lineman slash linebacker, and that is a severely paraphrased description of what that award is. I tweeted the actual the actual description of it earlier. Check it out. In fact, I'll read it right now. Oh, boy. Eligibility for the Rotary Lombardi Award is limited to down linemen end-to-end, either on offense or defense, who set up no farther than 10 yards to the left or right of the ball, or linebackers who set up no further than five yards deep from the line of scrimmage. It's that simple. That's it. BYU has three guys on it. They're going to My win the national championship. Is way better. Tyler Haas scored six points and grabbed a rebound and a steal in 12 minutes of a 94-87 Cavs win versus uh, the non-Jabari Parker-Milwaukee Bucks yesterday. Tyler still hasn't missed a three in three games. Five for five. Five for five. 
$5 foot long. That's pretty good. A BYU win in the NFL.com's best college football play bracket. The Jim McMahon Hail Mary pass to Clay Brown beat out Georgia's Lindsey Scott's 92-yard catch and run to advance to the round of 16. Now, the McMahon pass will take on the play. Yeah, Cal Stanford. Oh, boy. Right now, it's a Twitter vote happening and currently 57 to 43% in favor of the Cal Stanford play. No, it was 97 to 3% earlier this morning. So look at BYU fans doing work. Yet another evidence that BYU will win another non, uh, non-season championship, off-season championship. BYU always tries to win that. They're, they're top five. <laughs> Cougars in the minors. The most notable performance came from Adam Law, who went one for three with the double and a run in a 4-1 Tulsa loss to San Antonio. The energy is high and a perfect time to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Let me channel my Terrell Owens here. That's my linebacker. Or something like that. Along with the Lombardi Award. The Dick Butkus Award watch list is out for all to see, an award given annually to the best college football linebacker in all the land. Quick history lesson on Dick Butkus, Jerem. Mm-hmm. The guy was labeled as the meanest, fiercest, most competitive linebacker to ever play the game. At one point, Butkus had a Green Bay Packer running back, MacArthur Lane, say the following, quote, if I had a choice, I'd sooner go one-on-one with a grizzly bear. End quote. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. Who doesn't want that type of guy on his team? <laughs> a guy who, as Brian Keel said on our show, is one chromosome shift away from being crazy. Brandon Ogletree. Does BYU have a linebacker who strikes fear into the hearts of opponents? I don't know. Over the last 15 years, BYU has been well represented on this Dick, Dick Buckkiss Award watch list, okay? But the Cougars are noticeably absent in 2015. Nice to have three on the Lombardi, two defensive. But BYU's produced some nice players at linebacker, especially recently. And we have a lot of these guys on the show quite regularly. David Nixon, Brian Keel, among others. Brady Papinga today coming up next, who is a kind of a hybrid defensive, became a defensive end after being a linebacker. BYU needs good linebackers for its defense to be good. Bronson Kafusi, uh, Bronco Mendenhall, Bronco Kafusi told us <laughs> that the defense uh, funnels towards that Mike linebacker making the most tackles, right? But when BYU's been good, they've had good outside linebackers. So you need both. In fact, you need a couple of guys. And I look at this group coming into this season. Is Bronson Kafusi a linebacker? They'd be, it'd be weird not to use him in the most effective place on the field, regardless of position, right? So I see him at linebacker at times. Now, what about the core this year? With Bronson Kafusi as the labeled defensive leader on this team, that brings us to today's Twitter question. Which is, who will be the biggest standout for BYU at the linebacker position this season? Uh, okay, do we say besides Bronson Kafusi if he qualifies? Because hands down, he's the he best the defensive player. Best defensive player, BYU's one and only real NFL prospect on defense this year. And that concerns me a bit. I liked going into a season feeling like we at least have a couple out there that we can point at one, two, three, four, or whatever that have a shot, right? Last year, we looked at Al- Alani Fua. We looked at Bronson. We looked at Manoa Pikula, uh, right? A couple of those guys. Um, we thought Craig Bills might be in the mix, maybe. Um, th- this year, it's more of a struggle because there's some inexperience. The secondary, a lot of inexperience. The D-line, a lot of experience. I only see Bronson as a, an NFL prospect, but that's maybe one thing. I think BYU can have good NFL, uh, good defenses without having a ton of guys actually make the league, but you have to have some guys that make the league. 
So if we take Bronson out of this conversation surrounding our Twitter question, who who else is there? Who's going to be the stand-up for BYU that is solely a linebacker? Because we're learning through interviews that Bronson's role is going to be way bigger than just playing an outside linebacker position. Hey, Kelly Papinga has told us that. Bronco Mendenhall has referenced that. We're going to ask Brady Papinga about that as well, his role. So the first tweet is in, at 86 Wisconsin Coug, or WI Coug. Harvey Longy think he will be a tackling machine, clog up the middle with nose tackle, and allow outside backers and DNs to pressure the quarterbacks. That's the hope. And physically, I think I look, I look at Longy and I go, there's the best athlete uh, we have, we, BYU, has on defense. Okay, Bronson Kfusi needs to be the best player, but I think Longy is the best athlete. Now, here's a question I have. And and to me to me the answer is probably uh, Fred Warner, uh, but and Cy Tautu as a kind of a dark horse there, both those at the uh, Sam position. When you look at BYU's defense, you have to have playmakers. Last year, a lot of these guys played. You lose Zach Stout, you lose Alani Fua. You need these guys to be playmakers. And I'm not talking just tackles. I'm talking picks, fumbles, tackles for sacks. loss, sacks. All this stuff has to happen. BYU had a hard time getting to the quarterback. I don't see an elite pass rusher on BYU's defense. But Bronson Kafusi needs to lead the way and then make it easy for these guys to make plays, too. Nine different linebackers for four positions on the BYU depth chart right now. That's, that's what BYU has said. That's, a, that's an official public thing, not, not this we've learned. This is what BYU said publicly. Nine different guys Nine. for four positions and the projected starters are very much up in the air. There are four positions. Sam, Mike, Buck, Will. Mike and the Buck are the middle linebackers. And the Sam and the Will are the outside. Strong and weak side is what the reference there. We're learning together, people. Now, you have four positions. Three of those are or, meaning it's Tautu or Warner as a starter. So no starter. No, yeah. No clear starter. That's it. Sam, at Mike, Heater or Lange, at Buck, JLD, or Pikula, and then the will is the only starter that's declared. It's the only Takitaki. And then it's an or on the backup, Hines or Cook. Well, between those nine guys, it's not like they're bringing back a wealth of starts either, which is why there are no projected starters at this point. There's just that's not right. a ton of game experience. That's right. We're because trying to figure things out. You could pencil in Fu and Stout. Even then, Stout hadn't played in two seasons. So you, you bring back essentially uh, the same group. You know, those two got basically one and a half because Fua got, got hurt. There's not a ton of starts returning, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 19. There are 19 starts returning from 2014 among the seven projected linebacker starters. That's not a lot. The most is Manoa Pikula at seven. So and that you, guy missed spring for whatever reason. If you take 19 starts and divide it by seven projected linebacker starters, that's less than three. Less than three 2. starts per player. or something. So there are some things certainly to figure out. And we're, look, we're not saying that the talent isn't there because the talent is obviously there. They're just young. I think that some good players will emerge from this. There's just, there's just some hesitation because generally BYU, you go into a season, you go, okay, we got those two guys, and then we got some talent coming up behind them. But this year you go, there's a lot of oars. And maybe that's because this is the uh, platoon era defensively. There's so many plays on offense, you can't play the same guys for 90 snaps on defense or whatever. And BYU is going to play more snaps defensively by choosing to run a fast offense. 
What we can all agree on is BYU needs consistency. We saw the flashes of brilliance from Fred Warner and from Sione Takitaki, and at one point, Teo Kautai, who had three sacks in a game. Okay, we saw these great moments, but consistency is what Bronco Mendenhall preaches day in and day out. Who can be the consistent linebacker that will make the play every single time? Great tacklers on the inside, and then great playmakers on the outside who can cover in space, who can create turnovers. If there is more consistency, I think that there is less of a need for a platoon. If you have guys yes. that you trust, you don't need the platoon effort. But is BYU at that point? That's the question. No. And, and I had I, I wrote this down. 11 different guys started the, the different four different positions last year. Holy cow. There were injuries, I understand. But 11? It, I want that to be six. Yeah. You want that number to shrink for sure. So whether the number is big or small... Who will the biggest one? Who will be the biggest standout for BYU at the linebacker position this season? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Jeff J. BYU. What's up, Jeff? According to early reports from Frank Wintrick, watch for Harvey Longy. He brought that up. And he's seeing from a just physical standpoint. He's not gonna he's not breaking down how well he tackles or whatever in, in the offseason. You're working just on your body more on that. But that's good news because Harvey Long is a good athlete who hopefully has found the correct position. A former running back, a la Michael Elisa, now linebacker. Will he be the guy, even at his even at his position, or is it Austin Heater? We don't even know that. Former BYU linebacker great and Super Bowl champion Brady Papinga joins us to talk about why BYU has success putting linebackers in the NFL. Strong opinions forthcoming. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, simulcast on BYU Radio. Moving pictures on BYU TV, the conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. If you missed an episode of BYU Sports Nation, you're in luck because the show is on demand. You can download our podcast on iTunes or the TuneIn app. You can also watch it on BYUSN. I believe Jerem has done all three simultaneously. Yes, and they all work (laughs) fantastically. Our Twitter question today, who will be the biggest standout for BYU at the linebacking position this season? Use the hashtag BYUSN. A guy who knows a thing or two about playing linebacker makes his BYU Sports Nation debut today. Former NFL player and BYU great Brady Papinga. Brady, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here with you. I want you to take us inside what the Papinga family dinner is like. Let's say it's Sunday. You're around the table. It's football season. What is the conversation like at that moment? Oh, it's pretty much all football talk. But I'll tell you what, I, because I'm in the middle of the three brothers, I have my older brother Casey and obviously my younger brother Kelly, outside backers coach there at BYU, uh, and then my father, who tends to eat a lot, too, I'm the guy that always has to just rush through my food and eat so fast. When I'm ever out eating with anybody else, they always comment how fast I eat, and that's because of those dinners that you're referring to. I used to have to eat so fast or else I wouldn't have eaten at all, and I would never have been able to <laughs> gain enough weight to even play linebacker. This conversation wouldn't even have happened. So my point is, is it was a dog-eat-dog-eat dog eat world eating dinner with my brothers. You had to eat very fast or you would not have eaten. What are those conversations like related to football, whether it be the NFL or college football? Well, now it's fun because Kelly and I, we can talk a lot of shock, you know, because I know their defense extremely well, and they've actually taken a lot of what they do from defenses that I have run in the past. I, I, I sat down with Nick Howe, Kelly, 
couple years ago when I was playing with the Green Bay Packers and shared with him a lot of the Dom Capers 34 defensive philosophy that they ended up implementing and seeing a lot of success with, and then they've taken, obviously, some other avenues and developed their defenses in other ways. But it's always fun to sit down with him and to learn about the kind of defensive schemes that they're implementing and ultimately about how they're tweaking their very successful and complex 34 defense that really the number one staple position in that defense is the outside backer type, which BYU over the years has tended to uh, be able to recruit at a very high level. At, at this point, how much coaching or advice do you give to Kelly after a game? Ah, well, there's been times when I'll try to text him during a game. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's just like when they, they had Kyle Van Noy running down on kickoff once, and Kelly, you know, how he's a special teams coordinator, and Kyle was just beat because here they are playing nonstop defense because nobody huddles, and then you're having your best defensive player run down on kickoff. I just said, Kel, don't do it. And it's a waste of a very good player, and you're minimizing his impact on the game because I don't care who you are. There is not a defensive player out there that can go play as hard as they possibly can, especially in today's era where nobody huddles, and then run down on a kickoff and still be as effective as if you didn't run down on a kickoff. And so I, I texted the kill, uh, get that guy out of there. He didn't. I mean, he doesn't look at his phone. He doesn't even care what I say. But, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll type in every so often if I feel like I need to. Or there's times where his linebackers that, that I could tell from just watching, oh, I know that guy's dropping just based off of his alignment. Oh, I know that guy's rushing. So I'll tell him, I'll say, hey, man, tell you guys to scoot up. It always looks like they're going to rush because uh, – you know what, if they're already going to be telling everybody what they're doing beforehand, it makes it really easy on the offense to be able to block up your guys. So little stuff like that I will for surely uh, help him out with. And, I mean, whether he he likes it or not, it's just something I can't control. It's just like, you know what, you see a problem, i got to help him out. It's like, it's like if he walked around with a booger hanging out of his nose, you know? It's not like I'm going to sit and let him walk around with that booger hanging out of his nose. you got a bat in the cave, bro. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, man, you got something going on there, dude. And if he actually can't find a way to get it out himself, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to reach up there and help him out. That's just how we roll. You're pounding on the door in the press box. Hey, blitz blitz from this side, man. That's serious, (laughs) serious brotherly love. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm serious. I'll text the guy. And now when I'm at the games, I try not to get into his grill at all because, yeah, that could be a little distracting for the guy. So, But I, I, I try to give as much feedback is I feel appropriate, and probably that annoys him a little bit. But I know at least a little of it will make it through the filter, and if that little does, and it can be of help, then I feel like it's worth it. I want to follow up on two things you've said that I've thought were really interesting. One, so if it, if it were up to you, you would not have starters on defense uh, involved on kickoffs. Is that what I heard correctly? No, that, that's a, a, a simple. I would say this. It depends. If you have guys like, let's say, a starter plays 50%, 60% of the snaps, that's fine. But you get a, And let's say he's an inside backer to where the nature of the position isn't one to where every single play he's engaging with a big 300-pound offensive or uh, offensive lineman or offensive tackle, that or even a safety. I would even put some corners in there. Again, they're, they're more uh, nickelback guys. They're not full-time guys playing in the defense. Yeah, that's fine. But when you get a full-time guy who's an outside rusher or even an inside rusher, 
and you're putting him on kickoff, you are wasting that guy. Just because I haven't experienced it myself, that is one of the most physically demanding positions because every play, guys, other than the times you drop into coverage, which isn't the most, I mean, you're mostly rushing when you talk ratio between what your job responsibility is. And so you're either rushing or, or, or taking on this big offensive tackle or offensive guard if you're playing inside on every single down. And that just wears you down, and then you add on top of that, running down a kickoff or punts or punts. Yeah, it's it's not smart. Puts a guy in position to get injured, but more importantly, what it does is it. Uh, not that getting injured is not important, but what for your defense, it minimizes the guy's ability because he's always gas. He's not feeling fresh and really explosive. Second thing, uh, you, you mentioned the importance of the outside linebacker in Dom Capers' three-four defense. Broncos always mention, hey, this defense tailors to the to the mic and the buck in the middle. Is there is there a difference uh, between what you're saying with the outsides and what Broncos saying with the insides? Well, basically, it's it's not emphasis. If you're saying it tailors to the buck and the, I don't know who they call it. We call it the Mac and the buck. I don't remember them. Mike Buck. They call it Mike uh, now. No, they call them Mike. Uh, we, uh, we, if you're saying emphasis and you're saying, okay, it all funnels to them, that's the case because you're setting the edge on the outside, meaning you're turning the ball back inside. So really the, the guys who should get the most amount of tackles should be your two inside guys. But what really makes that defense tick, meaning what makes that defense go, is the outside backers. And that's because they are the prominent position in that defense. Now, this year it's going to be a little different. As a matter of fact, they got Bronson playing what they call an elephant role, which is a really interesting role. Actually, last year Julius Peppers with the Green Bay Packers is going to play that same role, and basically what he's doing is he's almost playing every single spot across the defensive line in addition to that outside backer position, which in essence is a hybrid defensive end position. So it is a, it is a defense to where if your outside backers are really good, your defense is going to be really good. If your outside backers are very average, your defense are going to be it's going to be it's going to be average, regardless of who you have in the middle, especially in today's era, to where everybody's running spread, throwing the ball around. Those outside backers at the very least just have to be disruptive. And we saw that when you saw Kyle Vanoy playing as good as he did, like how good our defense was. And then or even Ezekiel. And all of a sudden, those two guys leave. And last year, I understand there were some secondary issues, but still, the the ability of those outside backers to get pressure, to disrupt offenses, could have minimized some of even the secondary shortcomings. And that is where, in my opinion, how these defenses go when we talk about the 34. Brady Papinga, Super Bowl champion, former BYU standout linebacker, and now a guy who's making his way in the broadcast world on BYU Sports Nation. I want to bring up something you just told us about Bronson Kafusi. With him in his hybrid defensive end position, you called it the elephant role, and him not being a linebacker, let's get to our Twitter question to get your response. Who will be the biggest standout for BYU at the linebacker position this year if Bronson is not there? Well, he, he, he's, still going to be, he's still going to be outside back. And, uh, basically, they're looking to make him to where he drops in coverage minimally, and that they match personnel grouping. So if they get a big physical personnel grouping, they're going to move him to the stand-up outside backer position to create a stronger edge. If they get in situations where they're playing more finesse teams, they want to spread them out and use a lot more wide receivers, then they'll put him more down and inside and rush from the inside. And so when they're putting him out on the inside, that's where guys like Fred Warner and these other young outside backers are going to have to step up. And I know Fred Warner's coming off of a back injury, but he was a guy that, I mean, I looked at him, he looked a lot like a young Kyle Van Oy. Slippery, tough to block, made some plays. 
Uh, and so that's really the kind of guy that's going to have to step up and uh, make it happen on that edge when Bronson goes down in the middle. Now, Bronson, now he's, he's got to show he can be the guy we all hoped he was. Because, I, I mean, he's played okay. And I'm not trying to put him on blast or anything, but the guy can be better. The guy can be great. He's, he's been, I would say, a little bit uh, uh, underachieved, was too strong, but he, he still can fulfill the potential that he has. And you look at his physical attributes and be a dominating, disruptive player, just like Ezekiel was, to where offenses just can't control the guy. And then that opens up everything for everybody else. So really, don't get overly focused on the outside backer. The honest truth is it's on Bronson to be the guy to make this defense tick, depending on where they line him up this year. That's quite the statement. And you're the only guy that I know that calls Ziggy Ansah Ezekiel. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I like that name. Very biblical, you know? Ezekiel. Yes. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Super biblical. The last, uh, the last 15 years, the position that BYU's produced the most NFL players in is linebacker. What is it about that position in BYU that has yielded some success in the NFL? Well, if you look at the majority of the guys that uh, make up BYU football players, the majority of them are members of the faith, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. A, B, uh, majority of us come from the mountainous region. And for whatever reason, a lot of these, com- that we call them combo. So, and basically, we're just the uh, the cleaner combo, the you know, 6-1 on the low end, the 6, maybe 5, 6-6 six, six on the high end, 225 pounds on the low end, the 270 pounds on the high end. Those are guys that are very, I would say, uh, they, there's a high likelihood those kind of guys living in the mountains and being members of the church, they're going to make their way to BYU. And those are all, by the way, the same type of body type that make up a tight end. So you look at probably offensively and defensively the two prominent positions that BYU always will be able to find guys at, and that's tight end and linebacker. And so to me that's because most of those guys, for some reason, are members of the church, and a lot of those guys find themselves in the mountains. And being the BYU, obviously, is a church-owned school, and in the mountains, they're going to have first dibs on many of those guys, myself included, when I, back in 1998, when I was uh, recruited to BYU. And guys like Brian Keel and all, you know David Nixon, you can go down the whole list of guys. Ezekiel, even being one, being a member of the church, he's sort of a, an outlier. Uh, Kevin uh, Kyle, I know I both in the sense that he was a member of the church and in that mountain region. So you can go down and, and pretty much either correlate them with being a member of the church or having them live, or either both having them live in the region and being a member of the church. All that goes into play of getting that kind of guy. And that's why I thought it was so, I would say, strategic about Bronco going from his old school three three five defense to the thirty four defense was that he realized that he's always going to be able to get that 3-4 outside backer body type. And the best way to be able to accentuate that type of body type and obviously that kind of player is to implement a 34 as he's doing today. And that's why you've seen over the last 10 years, Bronco has led some of the greatest defenses in the history of BYU football. And that's because he's also maximizing that one talent on the defensive side or that one body type that BYU has had a propensity to be able to get for years. Now, offensively, I don't know if they've done that as well. And I do believe that's because they've got a you know a little bit of distracted with the spread and everything, but it looks like this year they're going to change that with these uh, supposed Bash Brothers. We'll see if, in fact, they are Bash Brothers or not when uh, the season starts off. But uh, talking about two tight end sets, BYU has had the ability to be able to do that over the years offensively, but hasn't. And so if they can implement that more this year, I think you'll see them play a lot better. Follow him on Twitter, at Brady Papinga. Brady, you're a part of the Fox Sports College football family, so now as a national analyst, with a national microphone and being a BYU guy, 
What's your win-loss expectation for BYU in 2015? <laughs> you like how I, I set know, that up? Man. I don't know. Honestly, it's a tough <laughs> one to, to look at. I mean, it could go either way. But, I, I mean, I'll, I'll give you more of this kind of, uh, what's the word, uh, a contingent one. I mean, if, if, <laughs> here's the thing. Taysom has to stay healthy, period. But at the same time, they're still going to have to be able to run the ball with effectiveness. And if Taysom starts to feel pressure, like, oh, i got to be the guy to run the ball, now he's going to expose himself. As we've seen in history, and then this isn't just Taysom, this is just most quarterbacks. You run the ball and you run it like he does to where he's very physical, putting his shoulder down. I mean, you can throw running backs and here you're going to have the likelihood of you getting hurt increases. So if he can become more of a pocket passer and pick and choose when he runs, and then when he runs, slides. I mean, BYU needs to go call their, their baseball coach and bring him in and teach Taysom how to slide and slide well. And then also be able to run out of bounds. Basically just tailor his game out to Russell Wilson, who is the top-running quarterback in the NFL this last year, and stay healthy. Then you're looking at a potential big year. We're talking 10 years, 9, 10 wins, uh, 10, 9, 10 wins with him at the health at the very least. But if he's out there banged up, they can't run the ball outside of him, and defensively is another contingency, too, to where if that secondary just keeps getting blown over the top, then it's going to be a long year. You're talking you're going to get lucky to get six games as a, uh, you know, in the win column. So it's lots hinging on the Taysom and his health, but a lot's going to hinge on their ability to run the ball outside of him. And then on the defensive side, a lot's hinging on that defense of being able to hold up against the deep pass, which, like I said, I, I threw the secondary out there, but really it comes down to me to both the secondary and the ability to get after the quarterback. So we'll see. It's either way from six wins all the way up to ten wins, depending on those contingencies that I just explained. It's going to be an exciting year, that's for sure. Uh, what are you doing to keep busy outside of your broadcasting career right now? Well, yeah, I, I rep a product by the name of the UltraFlex, and it's an all-in-one workout device that you can do no, not only oscillation to workouts with it, but you can do fitness workouts like bench, row, uh, you know, lap pull-down, bicep curl, chest curl, things of those natures, all-in-one compact, portable workout device that you can take with you anywhere. We're actually launching it on a home shopping network called Evine Live in the fall, and then also I've invented a power rack that BYU has in their facility right now for, for, for performance training and also just for the fitness enthusiasts. It's, it's pretty evolutionary. It's got a braking system. So you're able to throw the barbell, and studies are showing as you're being able to train by, they call it ballistic training, and that's being able to throw mass into the air. And that's what my machine allows, you know, performance and athletes performance trainers and athletes to be able to do, you're able to actually develop speed, power, and explosiveness at a higher rate. So as BYU implements my machine more into their workout program, it looks for them to be a little bit more explosive and fast than they have in years past. There you go. Brady, great stuff. We appreciate the time. I'm going to need you to be a little bit more gregarious and outgoing and have more energy moving forward in your life. Is that okay? Uh, all right, man. I'll, I'll see what I can do about that. I'm not going to drink any of that caffeine. I don't Red Bull, because I'll... It'll be like a big atomic explosion. But what I am going to continue to do is just be high on life, guys. Okay. Okay. That's fair enough. Great to talk to you, man. Great to talk to you guys, too. Have a good one. Hard not to feel on top of the world after you talk to that guy. A couple of things I learned in that interview. One, Brady referenced a team that runs a 3-4 defense, a la BYU, will be great if they have great outside linebackers. We've heard a ton about the inside linebackers. They need to make the most tackles. Everything funnels toward them. But he put the quality of a defense in a 3-4 scheme 
on the out, dependent on the outside linebackers. Interesting. So the inside, they're making the tackles. They should pile those up. Outside, I'm telling you, they're the playmakers. They're going to cover in space, get tackles for loss, more interceptions, that kind of thing. So basically, you're looking at the outsides. Side Tautu or Fred Warner at the Sam. Sioni Takitaki, Troy Hines, or Tyler Cook at the Will. These are the guys that he says the BYU defense will depend on if they're good or it not, depends essentially. depends on those dudes. David Nixon, another former NFL and BYU great linebacker, joins us next, taking time away from his eternal vacation. How generous of him. That's next. BYU Sports Station brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. Get your hands on some BYU Sports Nation swag, y'all. Go to BYUstore.com and search BYU Sports Nation or Blue Goggles. And you can see the world like Spencer Linton does every day. Wow. Get your own pair or a BYU Sports Nation fired. t-shirt. You know what? I don't appreciate that. Okay? Yeah, you, go back you to do. Weeblos camp, dude. You do. Okay, go back to Weeblos camp for no, another day. No, it was it ended at three fifteen. Yeah. By the way, Brian Logan called these the slim fit blue goggles because we have the uh, massive ones as well here. So yeah, these are these are Jankos, <laughs> oh my. and these are pick your poison. What do you wear? What are these? Uh, I don't know. Spit it out. Slim fit. Okay. Express. I there you don't go. Know. Express. Good one. Okay, good there, one. You, there you go. Mike Hager agrees. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. T. John Karoma, Bronson Kafusi, Manoa Pakula, all of BYU football named to the Lombardi Award watch list, the award given each year to essentially the nation's top lineman or linebacker. Off-season champs. BYU has as many as Alabama on that list, by nice. the way, more than Auburn. And as many as Boy State has four, so it doesn't matter. Tyler Haas still hasn't missed a three-pointer in three NBA Summer League games. So that's because he's only taken five. He scored six points and grabbed a rebound and a steal in 12 minutes of action. The Cavs beat the Bucks yesterday. Still, five for five, not bad. How about an update from the NFL.com's best college football play bracket? The Jim McMahon Hail Mary beat out Georgia's Lindsey Scott's play to advance to the round of 16. McMahon's pass now competing against the play from oh Cal Stanford. It's a Twitter vote currently 57 to 43% in favor of the play. Come on, BYU Sports Nation. Do your part. Make it happen. BYU Upsets. BYU Baseball in the minor leagues. Adam Law went one for three with a double and a run in a 4-1 Tulsa Drillers loss to San Antonio. Back on BYU Sports Nation. BYU TV football analyst. Former NFL linebacker David Nixon. David, a sincere thank you for putting your eternal vacation on hold to join the show. You know, it uh, feels great. It feels great to join the show from uh, the beautiful land of Montana this week. So, uh, you know, glad, glad I could jump on with you guys. Are you on vacation more than you are working during the summer? Uh, that might be a true statement. Uh, <laughs> That's my philosophy as well. <laughs> Listen, with my job, you can kind of work wherever. So it's been it's been good. But you, when you got family all over the place, you, you've got to appease uh, all of them. So yeah, I've, I've, we've been out about this summer for sure. Is it, however, on family vacation, sometimes is this a respite from the vacay? Is this a good thing? Uh, yes, sometimes those are needed, right? You need a vacay from the vacay. Mm-hmm. Is that how it works? Mm-hmm. But. Uh, yeah, no, and there has been some golf on this one, so Spencer, I know you'd appreciate that one as well. Absolutely. In all seriousness, you actually had to drive to get to a place where you could do this interview. I don't, wait, I don't appreciate that? Why, why just Spencer? <laughs> we actually haven't played together. Nor Actually, Spencer, we haven't played together as well, but I hear Spencer's a better stick, so I just kind of referenced the better stick out of the group. It's true. Spencer is way, he's way better than I am. No, it's, that's, come on. David, come it was on. great that, to that, chat. We appreciate why, you coming I, on. 
That's why I just tweeted back at Spencer. I told him he needs to get out of the office when he keeps Fair saying enough. I got eternal vacation. So I keep Fair telling enough. him. Get out of here. Okay, David, while we have you on the phone amidst your vacation, and this is precious time. So we, we need to get down to business. And you're the man to ask this question because you played this position at BYU and in the NFL. When you look at the current core of linebackers at BYU, there are nine guys slated that could potentially start at four positions. Who's going to be the biggest standout for BYU at the linebacker position? Bronson Kafusi not included because he's all over the place. So the guys that are linebackers only, who's the biggest standout? So I'm, I'm going to kind of dissect that, that question in the sense that I feel like BYU has a playmaking ability to Fred Warner they, they need to have, right? Every defense needs that playmaker. But that being said, my answer to your question is Sione Takitaki. And I go with that because he's got to be the anchor, the consistent linebacker that's always out there, play in, play out, doing his job and, and producing. Uh, but you always need that flash of brilliance, right? You need that, that flash of um, athleticism. I think Fred Warren will provide that. So that, that right there in and of itself locks down both the outside linebacker positions. But I like Taki Taki. I mean, you look at you look that and what he's able to do. He was tied for fourth in, in TFLs. Um, he was tied for second with three sacks. He was tied for second with three quarterback hurries. And the reason I like three stats in particular is because it shows you he's in the backfield. He was in the backfield quite a bit. He was, he was you know, rushing the quarterback. Um, he was obviously getting the quarterback down, but he had a few, a few of those where he was close. And a lot of TFLs, he's back there disrupting the offense. And, and from the outside linebacker position, that's exactly what they need. The, 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 the line, they're plugging the holes. Um, they're taking on two blocks to free up the outside backers. And you, if you get, have that opportunity, you've got to get back there and you've got to produce. And Taki Taki did that last year as a freshman. Um, and I look forward to him doing the same this year, this year as a sophomore. And, and hopefully he can produce. But I'm excited about the two outside backers. They're still young. I don't know if we've ever had where two sophomores are starting as outside backers, um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm confident both will do well, but look for Taki Taki to have a huge impact. It's interesting because we look at this group, and you lose uh, Zach Stout, you lose Alani Fua. There were injuries. A lot of these guys played last year. But I just look at sheer numbers, just how many tackles or tackles for loss the guys had. And coming into this year, there is a bit of concern. You look at uh, Fred Warner, 24 tackles, just one tackle for loss. Uh, you look at Longy, 14 tackles. Taki Taki, 19, four tackles for loss. Had three sacks in that UCF game. Have, we, have you seen enough from those guys to be confident in their abilities to, to be a, a good defense this year? Or do we need to see more? Do they need to play September out? Uh, no question. We need, to, we need to see more from them. Because you're right, I don't think there's enough film on those guys to, to pinpoint as one of them as the playmaker or the guy. I think we're all sitting here and we're speculating that they will be the guy and we're hoping they'll be the guy. But that's, you know, from, from, a, from a stand standpoint, it's a little worrisome, right? I think we all look at this and say, man, there's nine backers up for grabs or, or play, nine players going for those four spots, and, and it's not, none of them are really solidified per se. Um, but from a player standpoint, man, you couldn't be more, more excited for the fact that you're going to go in there day in and day out during fall camp and you're battling for that position and everything's wide open. And, and, and as we know, competition breeds uh, the best type of success in the, in the fact that whoever comes out of that competition um, is, is going to be the guy, and, and it, it pushes everybody. There's no complacency. You can't be a backer and say, well, I've got this position locked up. Um, I mean, every day you got to bring your A game to practice, and uh, I think that's going to only help push these, these younger kids to, to obviously be the best and, and eventually um, name that starter. And so, I, like I said, from a player standpoint, I, I, I'd be stoked. I'd say, look – Despite the name or what you did last year, we all have a chance to go out there and start. And, 
and I think that's the beauty of it. But with that being said, from a fan's perspective, it is a little worrisome because you wonder who, who are going to be those guys and will they be able to produce? And that's the biggest thing. You know, with, with this young secondary, you've got to have a front seven that's very stout. And you've got to have a front seven that, that can put pressure on the quarterback so those secondary aren't back there out to hang with, and covering for five, six seconds uh, against these receivers. And so um, that defense, they have to find a way uh, to put pressure on the quarterback and, and, and be disruptive. And uh, fingers crossed that these guys can come through. BYU TV football analyst and former NFL linebacker David Nixon joining us amidst his vacation in Montana. He's back on BYU Sports Nation. When we mentioned the nine guys slated for four linebacker spots on this year's BYU roster, the question comes up, David, is this a platoon era? Last year we had 11. We saw 11 different guys start for BYU. At the four linebacker At the four spots. linebacker positions. Now nine guys are slotted for the four spots. Do you expect more of that? Is this another platoon year? You know, it's a good question. I don't, I don't love the platoon, mostly because I want to be on the field every play. I think the platoon can help in the sense that you get certain guys on the field for certain situations. You know, first and second down, you get a guy that can go up there and, and run stop, um, that can hold the edge better than maybe others. And then third down, you bring in guys that can, can rush the pass or more effective than others uh, that have better pass rushing moves, per se. But, uh, I, you know, I, I don't love the platoon because sometimes with the platoon, you don't get to quite feel the game. I mean, if you're just coming in on third down, uh, it's tough to feel, you know, how that offensive lineman is, is shifting his weight, what type of tendencies he has um, if you're just coming in on third down. So um, I, I don't love it, but, you know, it, it can work and it can be effective because you obviously keep guys fresh, um, which, is, which is huge in football these days with the, uh, you know, go fast, go hard type offenses that, that the, a lot of the teams in the country are running. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be more up to personnel, and, and it goes once again, it all goes down to production, and, and the guys are producing. And I think eventually you'll see guys staying on the field for more than just first, second down, um, and, and you'll see guys that are specializing in, in, in staying there. But in the meantime, you know, it'll be up to the coaching staff to evaluate each player and their abilities and find ways to put them on the field. And, you know, these coaches are smart. They're obviously going to put the best guys on the field. Um, but, uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they go about it. And, you know, especially these middle linebackers, there's a lot, there, there's, you know, some, some good experience there and, and shifting those guys around. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, just how they're able to come through. It's a specialist era. You have a pill for every uh, ailment or, you know, behavior. You have a, a linebacker for every down at this point. So it'll be interesting. Who, uh, who will lead BYU in tackles, in your opinion? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, it's naturally it's always been the middle linebacker, right? Um, so Heater or Lungy? Heater or Lungy, you know, or JLD. I, I still I've, – I've always had a little, you know, um, thing for uh, – this sounds weird. I guess a man crush on JLD in the side. <laughs> he's, a great, uh, he's, a, he's a great player, and I think he has great potential. Um, it's just a question, can he, can he get on the field and stay on the field? Um, but uh, – you know, it's going to be one of those guys. I, I don't know if I can really pinpoint one of them right now because it goes back to the whole um, experience and the fact that nobody's been that consistent leader. Nobody's been that guy um, that's been able to stay on the field consistently throughout the season. So um, one of them has to emerge. Uh, you know, I, I would think it would be JLD or Harvey Longy, but, um, you know, it will be interesting to see who, who comes out on top. But uh, nonetheless, it's, it's going to be exciting. I mean, the, the guys that BYU rolled out on, on day one against Nebraska – I'll be interested to see if they can carry throughout the season, and, and they're there against Utah State on the last game of the season if it's the same lineup. I, I doubt it is, uh, knowing that injuries come into play. But, but more than that, I mean, guys, 
Um, guys continue to to work and, and in film room. You know, you, a lot of guys separate themselves from from the, time, the amount of time they put in the film room. Um, so there's a lot of factors that go into it uh, to see kind of who evolves as that starter and as that guy throughout the season. David, great stuff. We wish you the best of luck on the rest of your vacation. Golf next week. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, my vacation ends tomorrow, so I'm, I no more vacations from here. So uh, I'll, I'll be more accessible to you guys. This weekend, golf. <laughs> there you go. Anytime. All right, Dave. Thanks for the time, man. All right. Take care, guys. With the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student-athletes are role models. Leaders, graduates, and champions, be willing to help them succeed with your donation and welcome to the club. Who do you, the members of BYU Sports Nation, think will be the next standout linebacker at BYU? Your tweets next on the show. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B. Did you miss our interview earlier with Brady Papinga or David Nixon? No worries. Go to YouTube.com slash Sports. That's YouTube.com. Slash BYU TV Sports. You can watch all the interviews from BYU Sports Nation right there. Twitter question today. Who will be the biggest standout for BYU at the linebacker position this season? Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. Okay, Jerem Jordan, you are tweeting from at Jerem Jordan. What is your answer to this question? Uh, I, I say Fred Warner. Uh, we saw one tackle for loss from him, but I think that everyone sees star potential there. Now, will he be the guy that starts the most? Because Cy Tautu is a dark horse to be a playmaker on this defense. A lot Mark of people talking about him. What day is it? July 14th? Cy Tautu could be a guy that really, really plays well this year. However, I think BYU will platoon guys. They'll be, like David Nixon said, they'll be situational specialists, right, that'll come in on certain downs, do certain things. I, I, see, I see Fred Warner being the stand-up. This is besides Bronson Kafusi. Fred Warner. I'm going with my guy at the Josh Landon, who says... Sione Takitaki, he had flashes of brilliance last year in the UCF game. I'm going to put my money on him. There is one clear starter projected right now at the linebacker spot. Isn't it wild? And it's a sophomore. It's a Sione sophomore. Takitaki. He has been Mr. Consistency, and that's the word that we brought he? up early. Well, through, from what we've heard from, from the players in the offseason and workouts, and getting, he's been the guy that they just expect good things from because he's in the right place at the right time. He's doing the film work. This, that comes from Kelly Papinga. He said he likes Sione Takitaki. You got to stick out more than one game. I got to remember more than one game performance from you f- to merit yeah, more I'm attention. Not, this is a Takitaki projection. was great against UCF. Three sacks, that strip fumble that prevented a score that might've put the game away for UCF to a degree. He's the only I need, projected I need starter. He's the only projected starter. Yeah. So, from what I've heard, and again, you're right, we've, we've only seen a little bit of actual game time from him, but this is a projection. You have to go on what you've heard and what you've seen, and the fact that he's the only projected starter, I like Sione Takitaki. At Ethan Ellington says, Bronson Kafusi clearly. Again, Bronson doesn't count for this because... He's going to play multiple positions. He's going to play, according to Brady Papinga, is, every position in the front seven or something. He won't play nose tackle. But who, <laughs> It's like saying, who's going to be the standout on offense? It's like, besides Taysom Hill, okay? Besides him. Yeah, besides Bronson, who is the guy? By the way, you know what we haven't done? We haven't done this. We're going to come back with it. We're missing a significant part of the show. No, I'm right here. <laughs> oh, nicely played, Jerry. I've been here the whole time. Also, the McMahon Hail Mary Pass is taking on the Cal Stanford play. An update next. 
BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Hey, welcome back from Wheelos Camp, Jerem. It's it's your... Let's whip it. Yes. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Bronson Kafusi, Tijon Kroma, and Manoa Pikula were named to the Lombardi Award watch list, which goes to the best lineman or linebacker or whatever in college football. Also, in NFL.com's greatest college football plays, Jim McMahon's Hail Mary advanced to the next round and is now pitted against the play. Cougars in the association. I'm not done. 55 to 45 right now for the play. Wow. Intensity in your voice. I like that. Tyler Haas had six points, a rebound, and a steal yesterday with the Cleveland Cavaliers NBA Summer League team. He's five for five from three-point range in three games of Summer League play. Baseball. Adam Law was one for three with the double and a run for the Tulsa Drillers in a loss to San Antonio yesterday. Throw the records out when those two get together. And back to football. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 53 days. Do you know who number 53 is? Sione. Sione Taki Taki. How about that? Uh, How about that? It's in the cosmos, Jerem. The dude's going to have Did you mention Cosmo? Again, another play on words in favor of BYU. Wow. Okay, Taki Taki changed numbers. He's number 16 as of in spring. Well, our highlights that we have of him right now were number 53. That's right. (laughs) So we'll do it again on 16 days. We're just weeks away from fall camp, by the way. I mean, this is, it's happening, people. Early August. This is literally the slowest week of the year in sports. The ESPYs happen. That means nothing's going on. The crazy thing this is, is, it's, good. It's, been this a, is good. it's been a great week for BYU athletics, whether current athletes or alums. A couple of those just come back from the World University Games as medal winners. Shaq Walker, gold medal winner in the 800 meters. He will join the show later this week. What a performance. Shea Martinez, bronze medal award, sorry, bronze medal winner. She'll be back as well, too. Good stuff. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. How you need it most? And it goes to those two, Shaq Walker and Shea Martinez. Who's going to be the biggest standout for BYU at the linebacker position this season, Jaron? Ba'a Niamatololo. Just oh. because I just wanted to say his name. Well, we put in every other name, and he's right? in Meet the Mor- And he's in Meet the Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> Our elite tweet of the day comes from at Brian Logan Seven. Hey. hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. Fred Warner. His freshman year reminded me of KVN's freshman year in ten. The sky is the limit. <laughs> in Lil Wheezy voice. That's what he said. <laughs> That's good stuff. Thanks to Brady Papinga and David Nixon, everyone on our crew. Show on demand on BYUSN.com. Shout out to Nate Solberg. We're out.